Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good? Let's give it up for Jesus one time in this place. Come on, we can do better than that. Let's give him our best this morning. Amen and amen. Man, we are so excited and, and uh, our first Sunday here, and I, I was just telling our dream team earlier how excited I am because this is a, I, what I believe is going to be a mark in the history books of heaven for Transformation Church, and uh, we're excited that every single one of you are here with us today, and if it's your first time, I want to introduce myself. I am Brad Livingston. I'm the lead pastor here at Transformation Church, and I want to welcome you. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. We are so excited about what God is going to do today. All right, go ahead and get out your sermon notes, and we're going to, we're going to jump into what we have today. And, and if something turns off and turns back on or gets weird, don't worry about it. We'll fix it for next week, all right? So, but all, in all honesty, if it's your first time here, we do. I know Karen has already said it. I know Pastor Justin has already said it, and Pastor Dan. Um, I do want to say it myself. We're honored that you chose to be here with us today, and we are so excited about more people taking the journey with us to see God help them move from where, he want, where they are to where he wants them to be, because we believe it's God's desire to, to transform you from who you are to who God wants you to be. And that's our vision here at TC, and so I hope that you feel loved and inspired. I pray that God touches your heart today, and I pray more than anything, you leave here wanting to change something about you to become more like something like Jesus, and that's what all of us strive for, and so, man, we are so excited. I can't go on any further without giving a shout-out to who you guys may not know them by their name. It's the ones that make all of this happen in regards to getting here at 6. 6 a.m. And that is our service team. So one time, can we put our hands together for our crew and our service teams, worship, production, all you guys, phenomenal. I love you. All right, Greg, get, get out of your sermon notes. Let's go into what we're talking about today. Today, I want to talk to you about walk it out. Turn to your neighbor and say, walk it out. Now, if, if we weren't in AMC, I was going to crank it up and walk it out. No, it's like... But we are, we're going to talk today about Walk It Out, and as we go into the June series, uh, one of the things that we're going to do uh, is, is take uh, what, what I call artist highlight. And so if you've never heard of this band, it's one of my favorite bands ever. As a matter of fact, me, my man Aaron that was playing keys today, um, and my wife, uh, no, I'm sorry, my wife didn't go to, we go to concerts all the time. That was a different one. Me, Aaron, and uh, my man Christian, we all went and saw this band uh, in Atlanta uh, last month, month before that. Uh, it's one of my favorite bands in the world. And what we're going to do actually is, is uh, they have a very interesting concept to how they communicate certain things. And, and so I actually pulled some of their lyrics. We're going to use some of them today as a bit of our inspiration. And so how many guys are band, how many guys like going to concerts? Raise your hand. How many feel like you're at one right now, right? It's like, well, this is kind of a lot. No, right? So um, I'm a concert goer, so me and my wife, we love going to concerts. Uh, we go to all kinds of stuff, not just Christian concerts, you know what I mean, just whatever. So we were at Dave Matthews uh, a few months back, absolutely. Um, seeing me and some of my boys went to King's Kaleidoscope. We, we, me and Ashley listened to a lot of bands that a lot of people haven't listened to. Now, I do need to take this poll real quick. Maybe you're with a best friend, a good friend, or someone you're married to, 
if that's the case, how many of you and that person have completely different tastes? Raise your hand. Different music tastes, right? How many of you do not understand the music taste of the person you're talking about right now? Like, this is just the dumbest thing I've ever heard. My wife loves Taylor Swift. Don't do that. Don't do that. My wife loves Taylor Swift. Every time it comes on, I'm just like, ah. So I don't let her control the aux cord very often. But so she loves Taylor Swift. So I remember it was about, uh, man, probably about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, maybe even a little longer than that. I love this band called Mumford & Sons. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of Mumford & Sons. I'm a big Mumford & Sons fan. I was a Mumford & Sons fan before they really started blowing up. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a fan fan. Y'all know what I'm talking about? So my wife, however, she used to clown on me all the time about this band. She'd be like, that's the dumbest music I've ever heard. And then she would clown, she'd be like, I would tell her, like, oh, let's listen to Mumford Sons. She'd be like, you mean that folk music? It's all jam bandy and folk music? And I was like, listen, clown on Mumford one more time, okay? So she used to clown on them, and then they dropped their new album. And she became in love with Mumford and Sons. Matter of fact, we went and saw them in... New Orleans, I think. I don't remember. Uh, we went and saw them a couple months ago. So all that to say, she, her taste has changed from not that good with Taylor Swift, don't at me, okay, to uh, incredible with Mumford & Sons, Head in the Heart, Dave Matthews. That's my world. Anyway, so, um, so today we want to talk a little bit. It's a band called King's Kaleidoscope. Matter of fact, if you follow us on social, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff, we're going to be posting some stuff, um, just some things about King's Kaleidoscope this week. So if you want to find a great band that's actually a Christian band that has phenomenal lyrics that'll, uh, that'll actually like, inspire you to think. So we're going to talk about something that is today. Let's throw those up there for them real quick. It says, and what they're talking about here, has anybody ever felt complacent in their journey before? Anybody ever felt like you were going nowhere? Anybody ever felt like you knew there should be more to life than what currently is happening, but you just didn't know what you wanted next? Okay, six of us. What the rest of y'all doing? Y'all just got everything's popping, huh? Okay. Anybody ever been there before? Y'all know what I'm talking about? And so Chad, the guy that wrote these lyrics, said this, what if all the fuss... It's just faith without the rush. In other words, like what if all this chaos in our life is really our faith, but we're not in a hurry to do anything with it. We just have it. And I don't know about you guys, but I find myself in that place sometimes where I, I, I'm, there's no anxiousness to go do something with my faith. I'm just happy that I have it. And I want you to think for a second, do you ever find yourself in a spot where you know you've got faith, you know you've got Jesus on your side. You know who God is, but you're not anxious to do anything with him. Or do you ever find yourself in a position where I know that I love the Lord, I know that I, I'm going to heaven, but there's no anxiousness to take that message to someone else. And that's kind of what he's talking about. Then he says, what if all the talk is just truth without the walk? What if all the talk is just truth without the walk? In other words, what if... Anybody know, we'll, we'll, we'll call them fake Christians, Christians with a K. Y'all know crab with a K? What they put in the cheap sushi, y'all know what I'm talking about? California rolls? For all you newbies, right? Crab with a K, it's not the real stuff. I feel like Christians with the K, the ones that got enough of church in them, but not enough of God in them to look like God. Okay, welcome. 
we're going to have church at AMC, y'all. Y'all thought it was just a thing. No, no, like, help me, help me in this place for a minute. I was talking about the people that know enough to talk about how God acts, but doesn't know enough to show his character to someone. Someone that knows enough to tell people when they're doing wrong, but not enough, they don't know enough about God to know what to do right. And that's the thing is we don't, if we only have enough truth to know how to talk God, but not how to walk God, we're in trouble. Because the world is not going to know who God is just based on our words. He's going to know, they're going to know who God is based on how we show him in our hearts. Do you love someone today? Have you encouraged someone today? Have you shown someone what Jesus looks like in regard to your character? Have you loved somebody? Have you reached somebody that was hurting? Can I tell you something? Social media ain't nothing but one big bulletin board of everybody with their problems. Come on, somebody. It's a never-ending scroll of how bad my life is. But what if one of us or all of us took a minute out of each day to reach out to people that are hurting and broken. How could we change? So I want to talk to you today about walking it out. First of all, I want to talk to you. The first thing I want to tell you is that there's God's plan. When we're going to walk it out, there's God's plan in your notes. God's plan. And God's plan is pretty easy to figure out. As a matter of fact, if you're new with this, we're going to give it to you today. If you're not new, if you've been a part of TC for a while, uh, you're actually going to have heard this before, but we're going to go ahead and fill it out. Anyways, you see, God's plan, even the Old Testament and New Testament alike, it looks the same. Here's what he wants to happen. Four things in your life. They're on our Connect banner out there. They're on the banners going down the hallway. It's everywhere. We put it everywhere because this is what God wants for you. Number one, he wants you to know God. He wants you to know himself. Turn to your neighbor and say, know God. He wants you to know him. Not just know about him. He wants you to know him. Not just know enough about him to judge how people are doing it wrong around you, he wants you to know him. Matter of fact, let's go to Ephesians 1.17, where it says, I keep asking, asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Say that word with me, better. And the word there translates to another word which means personally. See, God wants you to know him personally, not just know about him, not just be able to, you know, not, I love when I co- talk to people and I say, I'll talk to them about the Lord. I'm like, they'll say, yeah, I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. I'm like, perfect. I'm like, tell me about your relationship with the Lord. They're like, I go to so-and-so church. And I'm like, I didn't ask you that. Who is God to you? Well, my pastor says, no, no, no. Who is God to you? Because people don't care what church you go to. They care about the God that you serve. They want to know if God is real enough for you that when they're going through something, he's going to be real enough for them. See, we don't need a watered-down version of who God is. We need all of who God is. Can I get an amen on that? And so we have to know God. Next, he wants us to find freedom. Turn to your neighbor and say, find freedom. Now, your neighbor might just look back at you and say, you're the one who needs freedom. You better get out of here and call me out. Find freedom. Ephesians 1.18, and it's a whole passage that we walk through. It says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, which means focused and clear. Let me ask you a question. How many of us, if we were honest, would admit that we struggle with something far more often than we should? Because here's what happens to a lot of people when they meet the Lord. 
that we come to God and we're forgiven of our sins. How many guys are thank God for grace and forgiveness? Come on. How many guys are excited that Jesus has washed away all the stuff that in your past, right? But as we come to the Lord, here's what happens. He forgives us as the penalty of our sin, but sometimes the sin remains in us. It's just like you can take a football player, you can take a famous athlete, you can take them out of the ghetto, but they still get popped for a weed charge eight years later. Why? You can take them out of the hood, but you still got to take the hood out of them. And it's the same thing with sin in our life. Just because God forgave you from it doesn't mean you're free from it. And so we have to get locked into this one word to see that happen. This word is called community. Turn your neighbor and say community. So this word, so we have to get into community because people help us find freedom from the areas of our life that have a grip on us. The thing is, as many times when we know we need help, we go to the wrong ones. We go to the wrong people. How many of y'all know the wrong people in your life? Right? And so a lot of times we end up there when God wants us to come to him. So we find freedom. Next, he wants us to discover purpose. Discover purpose. Ephesians 1.18, that you may know the hope. Say that word with me, hope. Hope. Say, let's try that again. There was only four of us. Hope. Okay, very good. That off timing. I heard the white people over here. Okay, so thank you guys over here. Just kidding. That you may know the hope to which he has called you. He's called you to something greater than just you. The thing is, is we got to figure out where it's at. And at Transformation Church, we can actually help you find that. And then lastly, he wants us to make a difference. Make a difference. And he, in that same passage, Ephesians 1.18, he says that you may grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for his followers. Talking about in his holy people. The immensity of this glorious way of life. How many of y'all high-five somebody on the way in here today? How many of you? Okay, good. That better be everybody. I'm going to get on my greeters. What y'all doing out there? No, I'm just kidding. They, you, how many of you met someone in the hallway that looked excited to be awake? Right? How many of y'all met someone out there that looked, they, they were just celebrating life? They looked like they were having a better day than you. Go on and raise your hand, right? You can say, they didn't have your McMuffin ready. I get it, right? It's, it's all good. So, why? You want to know why? There's people in this place right now that have grabbed a hold of this glorious way of life that God has for us. There's certain people that have grabbed a hold of it. And if you haven't grabbed a hold of it yet, hang on because you have the opportunity, I promise, where God can transform your heart and your life. And, and so what happens is we want people to know God, but then we want them to find freedom. And we do that through small groups here at Transformation Church where we want you to get locked in the community because being around the right people is better than just being around people. But then we want you to discover your purpose. And the best way to do that is through growth track. And, and this month we're doing two growth track fast passes, as we talked about earlier. And if you go to, if we check out Transformation Church on Facebook, you'll find all the details on our fast pass. And you can get all the details on that happen. Or you can go to transformationchurch.com. And you can check out all the details. But here's the thing. God put something in you. But he put something in you for one reason, and that's that you would make a difference in someone else. He wants to use you to be an impact in somebody else's life. But here's the hard part. If all we can ever see is our problems in front of us, we can never see our purpose that's ahead of us. And God wants to unlock something in our life to release and drive us to a place where we're fulfilling the greater purpose of our life. Why? Because that's where we get to that last one, make a difference. So God has a plan for you. He has a journey for you, but you got to take the first step. 
So he has a plan, but then God has a way of showing it to us that can oftentimes catch us off guard. Let's go to Genesis 22, 1 through 2. It says, sometime later, God tested Abraham. So this, story, this is a story of Abraham and Isaac. And, and if you don't know this story well, Abraham was promised a son, but my man was old. Old, old, y'all. Okay, so not just, not, not old to me, right, but old. So he was promised a son, didn't think he was going to get one, finally gets a son. His name's Isaac. So Abraham has Isaac, and God says, I want you to take Isaac to the top of the mountain, and I want you to sacrifice him to me. And Abraham's like, mm, how about nah? And God says, no, no, I want you to do this. So Abraham packs Isaac up, and they get ready to go on a journey, right? 22, 1 and 2, sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. Now, that's buck wild, man. God says, I want you to offer him as a burnt sacrifice. I want you to take his life and give him to me. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I can see Abraham struggling with this a little bit. Because number one, it was a promise that he had, he had gotten. See, God always lays out a plan, but when he lays out a plan, here's the next thing I want to give you. He also has a promise. Because when there's a plan, there's also God's promise. Turn your neighbor and say promise. I know you're writing, but go ahead. God's promise. You see, God has a promise for each and every one of us that he wants to give us. He wants to show us. He has a destiny to fulfill, a promise to release. He has a purpose that he's put inside of you. And he wants to pull all of that out of you and take you on a journey to where he uses you for his glory. He uses your life to show people how amazing Jesus is. And so he's got the plan, but part of the plan is that he would release a promise. And I don't know about you guys, but I've had plenty of moments where God was showing me how much he had a promise for me. I want you to do this. I'm going to take you there. I'm going to make you this. I'm going to give you this. I'm going to take you to this place. And you're going to make an impact in these people. And as he takes us on these journeys of promise, what we realize is that sometimes it feels like the plan and the promise ain't working together. Oh, it's just one of us. Okay. How many of you ever felt like on the journey you were going on and the promise you received weren't going on the same journey? How many of you ever felt like God gave you some assurance that he was going to come through for you over here, but all of a sudden it looks like he's doing this over here? And we have to realize that the plan and the promise don't always look like they're going together. Let's go back to our story today. Genesis 15, 4 through 5. You will have a son. This is earlier, right? So this is the promise God gave him. This is the promise God gave Abraham. You will have a son of your own. You will be, or he, you, who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abraham outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. So God steps into Abraham's world and he says, I'm going to give you so many descendants, it'll outnumber the stars in the sky. That's the promise. But then 
after the promise, God's plan said, Abraham, your only son that you have, I want you to take him and I want you to sacrifice him. Now, let me ask you this question. If he could only have that son and his descendants were going to outnumber the stars in the sky, how could he take his life and still accomplish both the promise and the plan? How does that work? Because in our minds, it doesn't. Can I get an amen? Sometimes when we're following God, it feels like it doesn't line up. Sometimes when we're following God, I'm sitting here going, listen, God, I know you use words to create this world, but I don't know what you're doing with mine right now. Kids are buck wild. They lost their mind. Person you dating, married to, whatever, don't know what they're doing. Now, if they sit next to you, don't nudge them right now. It's weird, okay? So everybody can see you. No, I'm just kidding. Like, how many of you guys know that sometimes it doesn't look like it lines up? Can I, can I get an amen on that? How many of you guys know that sometimes when we're following in God's plan and in his promise, sometimes it looks like things aren't going our way, but there's a next level to this, and this is what I want to give you today. It's, it's two words, God's providence. God's providence. And I'm going to explain that for you. You see, what happens is when we equate God in our current circumstances, what we lose track of is that he's not just the God of today, he's the God of yesterday. He's also the God of tomorrow. He's the God of last week, but he's the God of next week. He's the God of last month, but he's also the God of next month. He's the God of yesterday, today, and forever. You see, God is in a constant state of rearranging the world around what he wants to accomplish in it. You see, God is not a janitor that has to come behind the devil sweeping up messes he couldn't prevent. God is not someone that just has to look out for us and hope we don't run into something stupid each day. Although sometimes I think he might shake his head at us a little bit, okay? I'm not going to lie, but he's not someone that is just constantly looking and saying, what in the world is this knucklehead going to try to accomplish today? You want to know what's happening? God is so invested in your story that he's in a constant state of arranging the world around you to accomplish the purpose inside you. God is in a constant state of setting things in motion long before you could ever realize it to know that when you get to your purpose place, when you get to your your promised land, when you get to the end of his plan, you will be ready and prepared to see and execute every great thing he has for your life. The hard part is sometimes in the middle of the journey, it don't feel like it. Anybody ever got a doctor's note you weren't ready for? Anybody ever got called into your boss's office, told you were going to get let go? Any of all ever struggled with that. See, this is what happens as we find ourselves in difficult situations. Genesis 22, 13 and 14. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. There's a ram caught in the bush, y'all. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. You see, when God is in charge and God is setting providence into motion, this is what happens. Is God actually 
starts to work things out before the right now. He starts to work it out in the back then. How many of y'all remember back then, the good old days? Y'all remember the good old days? Right? How many of y'all remember the good old days? How many of y'all remember, we talked about this before, y'all remember the scrolling TV channel? Where you had to see what was coming next on your TV, right? Watching Nickelodeon, so you had to go see when my show was coming on. And it would scroll through all the channels. How many of y'all know every time you turned it on, it was two channels past yours? Now we about to have to sit here through all the 600s, knowing don't nobody watch them. And then there was the TV guides. How many of y'all remember TV guides? Now listen, kids. Y'all got it made. I just want y'all to know. Y'all can Google this all the time. Y'all got the little Cox cable and DirecTV thing you can shift over. You can see what's coming on next week. But for some of us, we had to struggle through that information. Y'all know what I'm talking about? We had to get the TV guy. The problem is, grandfather had the TV guy because he was doing the crossword puzzle on the back. So we couldn't get it. And then when we finally got it, we couldn't find the thing. You had to go. You had to read. It was on paper. Listen, young people, paper is this stuff they used to print things on. It's the craziest. I know y'all got iPads and notepads and Google pads and Chrome pads and all kinds of stuff. But back then, we used to have to work for it. But what, what happens, right, is that we find ourselves in these places of life where God is actually working things on your behalf when you can't even see it. See, this is the glory, and this is the great part about who God is, is that when he sets plans in motion, he's lining things up for you to accomplish your purpose today, but he set plans in motion a week ago. I'll give you a perfect example. I remember myself, me and Ashley, for those of you, maybe you're new here, you don't know, myself and my wife Ashley, our son was diagnosed with a brain disease uh, a while back. He actually passed away last year and went to be with the Lord. But I remember in the midst of going through the diagnosis, I remember God telling us, like, I got you. And I'll take care of you. Like, I'm going to walk you through this. And, And I remember having a lot of assurance that God was there. But I also remember having a lot of doubt. Anybody ever been there? And so... I remember we were, at this point in our life, we were just trying to figure out what was going on because his disease was so rare that no one could diagnose diagnose it at the time. And so, in an attempt to try to figure out what was going on, we went to fly to Miami Children's Hospital. But to get a last-second flight for three people and a baby to go to Miami Children's Hospital is a lot of money. We were going to do it. We just didn't know how. We rack up credit card debt. Because how many of your parents know you'll do anything for your kids when it comes to that? And so, so we were getting ready to do it. And Ashley, we had created a GoFundMe page where people were able to give. And every time somebody would give, she would get a notification on her phone. And so we're, we're actually booking the plane tickets. And we were getting ready to fly to Miami. And we went ahead and paid for him. We didn't know how. We just put him on a credit card. Like, God, you're going to have to help us with this. But literally the day that we bought those plane tickets, she gets this notification on her phone. And an amazing, this amazing family that we're close to had just sold one of their condos. 
And the same day that we just spent $2,000 on plane tickets to go get our son to Miami, scared out of our mind, not knowing what's going to happen. The last thing we had space for in our brain was how we were going to make some of this stuff work. We get a notification, and this lady sends us $5,000 the same day we had to spend that money. And here's what I want you to know, because this is how God's providence works. How many of y'all know you don't sell a condo and get paid for it in the same day? You can't even buy a car in the same day. How many of y'all know they're getting ridiculous with how many things you got to sign for a car nowadays? Okay, come on. Can we shorten this list? But I was, I remember paying attention to God's providence because the closing time frame on the condo is, is 90 days. The due diligence time is 90 days. And so what happened is in God's providence, he set a plan in motion three months prior and brought in a buyer to a lady's condo who's not doesn't even know what's going on in our life at the time. And so the, a buyer sets in and they buy the condo. And, and as they buy the condo, 90 days later, she gets paid. And on the day that she got paid for selling her condo, she sees a notification on Facebook that we we're going to Miami and that we needed to raise funds. And so the same day she got paid, she sent us $5,000. And I'm here to tell you that God had set a plan in motion three months before we ever found out we were going to Miami. Miami. Three months before we ever found out what was happening. Three months before we knew we were going to have to spend that money. And God set a plan in motion then for what he was going to accomplish now. And I'm here to tell some of you today that he's already setting plans in motion for you. He's already moving mountains for you. He's already got people that are getting money set up for you. He's already got people that are setting plans aside, moving things. He's got a job that's coming your way. And he set it in motion two months ago because in two months when you lose your job, and you're crying out to God saying, how could you do this to me? He said, all I've done is created opportunity for the blessing that I have for you to come into your life. And I set the plan in motion. And it may not feel like it right now, but there's something great coming into your life. And all you got to do is trust me. And hear me today. That God's not here to let you down. God's plan isn't one that would hurt you. He says that, I actually have a plan that will give you hope and a future in Jeremiah. God's not interested in wrecking your story. It may feel heavy at times. It's supposed to. It may feel like you're out of control at times, but it's supposed to. And it may feel like you don't have any way out at times, but it's supposed to. You want to know why? Because when God's in charge and when God's in control, He's always going to put you in a position where you realize you couldn't have done this on your own. And the only way that you're going to make it is because God lets you make it. And today, some of you have been doubting. Some of you may have been struggling. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't sleep much last night. Because our run through yesterday took way longer than it should have. And so I sat in my bed last night and I did the very thing I'm going to encourage you to do in certain areas of your life. I said, God, you got this. There's a word Pastor Dan has taught me my whole life because someone spoke it to him when he was launching a church in Cincinnati, Ohio, between a strip club and a liquor store. Because that's how we roll in the Livingston house. 
This is a whole lot better than between a strip club and a liquor store, just for the record, all right? So we got Buffalo Wild Wings, Mellow Mushrooms, Starbucks. We're doing just fine, all right? So, But in the midst of that moment for him, he drove to where one of his mentors was, and his mentor looked at him, didn't even have a conversation ahead of time, just looked right at him, and he said, Dan, God doesn't start anything on earth he hadn't already finished in heaven. And hear me today. God doesn't start anything in your life on earth that he hasn't already promised and finished in heaven. He knows how he's going to do it. He knows what he's going to do. All you got to do is trust him. He's got a plan. He's got a promise. And he's already set in motion the providence that it's going to take for you to get where you're going. Job 23 says this. I travel east looking for him, I find no one. Then the west, but not a trace. I go north, but he's hidden his tracks. And then south, there's not even a glimpse of God. But in verse 10, Job says, but he knows the way that I take. And there may be days you're looking for God and you can't find him, but hear me today, he hasn't lost sight of you. There may be days you don't know where you're going, but he knows where you're going, and he's going to lead and guide you. God's got you. All I want you to know today is that he's ready to carry you. He's ready to hold you, and he's ready to take you on that journey. Because your last fill in the blanks is this. God has never called you to figure it out, but he has called you to walk it out. Walking it out takes faith. God never called you to figure it out, but he has called you to walk it out. How many of you are ready to walk it out with Jesus this morning? How many of you believe that God's got your best interest at heart? Let's give our hands together one time for him. Let's pray today. Father, we love you and we thank you. God, we thank you that you're in control and not us. Because we've really messed things up before. So today we love you. We surrender everything to you. And we look to you to be our everything. So today, God, we just say thank you. We look to you. Father, for those who have been on the journey and they find themselves confused, they find themselves lost, they find themselves hurting. And quite frankly, God, for some people, they may even be a little frustrated with you. God, I pray you move in their life and show them that you have not forgotten them. You have not forsaken us. But God, you carry us because you're a good God. And we love you today. In Jesus' name, for those of you that are in this room, maybe a friend invited you, maybe you saw something on Facebook and you came today, or maybe you've been with us for a while. But God's not in control of your life. You see, God's providence really lines up at the point that we surrender to him. And if you're in this room today, You're ready for God to become the ruler of your life. You're ready to surrender your life to him. And you're ready for God to take control. If that's you, I'm not going to come to you. No one's going to come to you. We're not going to point you out. We're not going to embarrass you. We just want to pray for you. And if that's you today, you say, Pastor, I'm ready. I'm ready to surrender to the Lord. I've tried things my way. The beauty of the gospel is this. 
The Bible says that God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him wouldn't perish, but would have eternal life. And if that's you, you need your sins to be forgiven. The Bible says that we repent of those sins, which means to turn away, not to go back, but that we put our faith in Jesus. And today, if you need to know him, you're ready for him to become the Lord of your life. Would you just lift your hand right where you sit? Again, no one's coming to you. No one's going to embarrass you. You just lift your hand. God bless you. God bless you. You, Once you put it up, you can put it down. Like I said, we're not here to embarrass you. We just want to pray for you today. We want to introduce you to God. Is there more that says, that's me, Pastor. I need God in my life. I need to be saved. And I want to give him everything. God bless you. I need God. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray this prayer together. Now, this prayer doesn't make you saved. Your faith in Jesus alone is what makes you saved. But we want to pray a prayer together that acknowledges that what's happening on our, in our heart, we want to confess it with our mouth. So we're going to pray a prayer together, and everyone in the room is going to pray it with us so we're not praying it by ourselves. Even those of you watching, we're going to pray it together. And if you'll agree and pray this prayer with your heart but put your faith in Jesus, you'll be saved today. So let's pray with our brothers and sisters who raised their hand or those watching. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross. And I believe that you rose three days later. Through your life. Through your death. And through your resurrection, I can be saved. So I want to follow you. I give you my life. Make me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, one time, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that, perhaps for the very first time. Awesome, 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 awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.